0: Welcome back to the Joe Cozo show just a quick reminder if you get a chance go on YouTube rumble anything Apple podcasts like subscribe helps out the show now recently we haven't been doing too much politics but I could not help myself when I found out that I was gonna get this guest to come in here and sit right across from me his name is Mike Crispy He has his own podcast. He was a fellow um, Right Side Broadcasting alum, should I say. This guy loves America, and you will see for yourself the passion that he has and the definition of what America First really is. So, without further ado, let me introduce to you Mike Crispy. All right, welcome back to the Joe Cozzo Show. We have lots to talk about. I got something going. I got something cooking here. This is the big leagues. It's New York. I said I was in the worst neighborhood, man. I said I had a near-death experience. Crazy, Robert. If you've been through what I've been through in the past month, you'd be you'd be crazy too. All
1: right. Look who we got here, look who it is, Mike Crispy. The second best dressed man in the building today, I guess, right?
0: (laughs) Look at you, I love the suit, look at you, you're a politicking
1: uh, all the way down. Life is politics, we're always politicking, right? You know, everything is politics, you're a politician, I'm a politician. And it's crazy too
0: how all of a sudden, you know, once Trump came into office, everything became politics. So once he started running everything was about politics the news the newspapers the family dinners Thanksgiving Christmas everything, everything. and and it's funny because when
1: people are like oh I don't want to talk about politics I'm like well well, then what do you want to talk about
0: I mean it's just like it's not like
1: it should be all-consuming but like it's a very it, it, it touches your life in so many ways so the people are always like I just want to put my head in the sand and not talk about it. can we talk about something else you know it's like, come on be real be authentic just say what's on your mind so that's what Trump did he just woke people up to be like all right what the Hell's the government doing to us you know this is fucked up you know and just got real people
0: thinking about real problems it was actually exactly yeah. that it was what you would talk about with your friends like what the fuck are we doing what do you mean what we're giving 80 billion what eight billion dollars to ukraine oh like something gosh, like that yeah. whatever it may be and it just you saw somebody on the tv that was like hey I'm with you. Yeah, yeah. This country's going down the tubes. And he was saying that on Oprah, on Donahue, everything.
1: He's the first. I read an article that's interesting that Donald Trump was the first politician to run for president on the platform of America is a nation in decline. I think that's interesting because everybody else sugarcoats, oh, you know, this and that and George Bush and Clinton and, you know, uh, all the other people carry. And they're all all the same coin. Right. They're called the Washington permanent establishment, the uniparty. You know, they go to D.C. they, They trade influence, they do all these things, and President Trump was the first one to say, this is so broken, this is so wrong. Why? Because he's the first person to run for president and win president who is not beholden to that establishment in Washington. That's why he called it out for what it is, and that's why now when you go to a rally, you know, we were talking uh, right before we got on about the right side rallies and all that, you have thirty, forty thousand 40,000 people who are sleeping in tents to go see this guy speak. Why are they doing that, right? It's like a phenomenon like we've never seen probably in the history of the world, Joe. And and
0: that's why that the establishment that you're talking about hates him. Yeah. Because they can't control him. Yeah. That's why. Just for, you know, just for purposes of getting people to know exactly who yeah. you are, just give us a little brief background about yourself.
1: Yeah. So, uh, Mike Crispy, uh, originally a Long Islander, fellow Long Islander like Joe, right? Uh, grew up not far from here in the studio, grew up in Dix <laughs> Hills, uh, went to uh, North Carolina, played football in college, uh, moved to New Jersey, had a really successful. Be start. careful with the thing. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Are yeah. <laughs> don't yeah, don't you a guy? Yeah, you? Business. I like an idiot yeah. telling you business career, got it going um, and then all of a sudden I started getting involved in politics because of Trump, right? Trump kind of woke me up like, alright, this is my country I want to be successful, why am I paying all this money in taxes? right? so I started to get involved and that, like, one thing led to another and I started podcasting and then I started reporting with Right Side Broadcasting and I started going to the rallies and seeing all this stuff and then we got cancelled, you and me got cancelled, got canceled. and then I said, I need to do something about this, and then like a crazy person I ran for Congress, oh, you know? So I, I, but Listen, <laughs> yeah. but you know, I I say this, yeah. and this is
0: where I always have this conversation with my, my girlfriend. I say, this is our war, like how it was, say, when you had John Adams, George Washington. They had an actual war, but they had to fight for their country. They had to go against the establishment, against the Brits, yeah. right? Whatever it may be, against the Democrats in the Civil War, just to fight for the country. And right now, that's basically like what we're doing, is fighting for this country. Yeah. But, you know, I feel as if This is a monster that has never been seen before because of how much power, and I was saying this before you got here to Eric, how much power these Democrats actually have consumed. And I'm talking about Google, Apple, all of these conglomerates, and it's really difficult. How do we get over that? How do we get past them? And then you have a lot of people and you said this, and I want to play the clip for everyone because you were on Tucker, and I absolutely loved it. I wanted to <laughs> just give me a second with that, though, because I, I, right, yeah, I, right. right. I, I got right. to got the clip. Yeah, all right, I like the official yeah, operation. Yeah. Here. yeah, here we go. Yeah. Mike in the house. But my thing is, is how when we also have so many rhinos, we yeah. have so many Republicans that do not want to do what's right for America, like Mitch McConnell. Those people would rather a Democrat win than an America First Republican. Think about that. But why do you
1: say that? What makes you say that? Because they are part of the permanent Washington establishment. You know, these are people, again, the guy I ran against has been in there for 42 years since Jimmy Carter was the president, Chris right? Smith. Chris Smith. Now, people after the elections, they want to say, oh, you know, we need to come together and unify. That's bullshit, okay? Because people who are trying to destroy our country, when you say, oh, let's come together and unify, when you're running against somebody who you know inherently is bad, you only say that if you're trying to, buy points or score influence with the insiders, right? If you're running on that platform and you're running because you know the system is broken and these people are literally, quite literally selling out the country, right? Billions of dollars to Ukraine as you go 30 miles from here and you're in Manhattan and people are sleeping in tents and injecting their arms. And it's not with the vaccine, right? They're injecting their arms with heroin all day long on the streets in New York. Why is it like that? Why isn't the money going to repair dilapidated New York City and fix that? Why are we sending it to Ukraine? Why does a guy like Chris Smith and hundreds of members of Congress Congress, right? Because there's literally 150 faceless names you never hear about who just vote how they're told and vote how the special interests give them money. Why are they saying, oh, I'm a champion of Ukraine and you need to feel good about this? This is what the government does, right? They enrich themselves. There's a I call it Ukraine advanced stage money laundering. They enrich themselves. They send the money overseas. They like to be in their own bubble. And anybody who tries to encroach on that bubble who's not preordained to be in the bubble, they want them gone they would rather a democrat than somebody like me
0: it's so true and where's the money going you're sending all of this money and what is it doing what's actually happening and you sit there and you look it's almost as if russia's still winning yeah because now all of a sudden where's all this you know you're seeing these people that they're not self-sufficient these countries with energy yeah Right and it's talking about all this green New Deal, which is a complete utter joke utter joke it is so bad, you know, but I want to go back to what you were saying. you were saying that before you what got you went into the politics was Donald Trump, but what were you doing before you got before two thousand and sixteen yeah. yeah. two thousand and fifteen so you doing?
1: I actually I graduated college in two thousand and fifteen, so you know I was and I was playing football in college, not interested in politics whatsoever, right? I went to a Trump rally October. 2015, okay? The early days, the early days. It was in Jacksonville, Florida. There was 15,000 people there. I was there on a business trip, and I stayed the next day to go to the rally, and it was bananas, okay? And I said, this is incredible. Trump's like, Trump's a New York guy. You know, he grew up again in Queens. Not yep. I'm like, he's like us. You know, he's a real, you know, he's a businessman. I love the Apprentice, you know? I'm like, this is the guy. I'm like, this is so amazing. And then as you're go- going into the working world, and, you know, working in, uh, you know, financial services and insurance, you're like, wow, this is Jacksonville. Up because I'm paying 40% of my money in taxes, and what am I getting for it? Right? Nothing. Uh, And so I kind of was just like, you know, I'm getting into the world, and, you know, I'm drawn to this Trump guy, and I realize the country's having problems, and I'm starting to get a paycheck, and I'm giving it all away. So, you know, it really was that time from 2015 up until the point of, uh, you know, him running and winning and all that that I was kind of like bubbling up to get involved and, you know, do more.
0: Were you a, a Republican from Jump? From birth. From From birth. birth. Okay, yeah.
1: Absolutely. I don't understand these people who like, Oh, like my family are, are Democrats, but I'm a Republican, or I'm a Democrat, my family are Republicans. When I was running for Congress, a lot of people came up to me, like older people, I'm like I wish my son was like you, or I wish my daughter was like you, because he or she's young, and they're a Democrat and a liberal. I'm like, how? You know, i a family I grew up in, you know, uh, staunch Republicans across the board, and of course I'm going to be like that. I don't want to give my money to
0: the government. My, my thing uh. is, too, is is how can you not want to support someone like Donald Trump, who says America first? Because what else is there? Right? Yeah. Don't you love your life? You get up. You can choose. I don't want to work. I don't want to do this anymore. Maybe I'm an accountant. I want to switch jobs. I'm going to go back to school. Whatever it is, it's all because of what our founding fathers built for us that we're able to do that. And then you want to put people in here that want to ruin that?
1: I think people are just so, and we saw this with all the corona stuff, um, people are just so uh, manipulatable where they will believe anything that is just put in front of them. And the corporate media is the worst offender. Something that's out, something else that Trump kind of brought to light was how corrupt and how bought off the corporate media is, right? I don't call it the mainstream, I call it the corporate media because no one watches them, but people just see it and they see it on TV. And they just accept it as reality and fact. And people don't even have the bandwidth to fathom that they would be being lied to so drastically. They can't even fathom it. And so that's why people, you know, with the masks and the this and the that and just kind of going along. They would never lie to us. I just don't think they have the bandwidth. And I think deep down they don't want to believe
0: that people would lie to them about something so personal to them. How did that all change in your opinion? Right. So you had corporate media, which has been around the establishment forever since the advent of TV. And you go back into the 80s, right? You would have CBS, Fox, maybe they're still new at the time, NBC, ABC, and those are your news affiliates, right? Mm -hmm. It was before cable and you would get the news you would get yeah. it seemed like you were getting a you know a good version of what was taking place and then you could you watch it and then you make your own opinions on things but then all of a sudden CNN comes along MSNBC comes along all of these other types of corporation uh, companies come along yeah. and things start to change right mm-hmm. why how did it all of a sudden become the corporate media are now the Democrat, you know, an affiliate such, of the Democratic dude, such Party. Such
1: a such a great thing, I think we all need to look at. I think something that happened, and I was I was talking about this uh, the other day, is that over time, uh, you know, a lot of these things have a lot of the things that are wrong with the country have always been there, right? There's always been corruption. I I was on, I was watching Hannity last night, and they're going crazy about the FBI and the institutions are all corrupt. If you look back in history and study history, there's been corrupt institutions back to the 60s, right? You look at JFK. I mean, there's like all this stuff about JFK, about what the hell happened, who was involved in that. So there's been instances, you know, uh, the Oklahoma thing, Ruby Ridge, all these things, where the institutions are all messed up. Now, so the institutions, there's always been some malfeasance going on. The media, I think it's been the same thing. There's always been malfeasance where people will redirect attention, but... Before the internet, there was no way to verify or refute, so people would say it and they would accept it as fact. You know, you'd have like you know Dan Rather on there; he would say something, everyone would accept wrote it called. as fact, yeah, right? Now, I think with the rise of the internet and what's going on, you're seeing the 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 vacuum of where people can say what they want, and then they turn to it and they go, I, "I'm challenging this narrative." So I think I think that as that happened, they started to feel threatened; their ratings started to go down, their money started to go down, and people who were You know, not tough because these people are bullies and they're weak, um, but they just project. Uh, I think they started to, like, flail. You know, oh, my God, we're getting killed by a Trump guy who's calling us out. The Internet's talking about this. You know, YouTube, before YouTube would censor, when YouTube was like Rumble... Uh, when everyone could say whatever they want, I think they felt really threatened, so they recoiled and they just said, "We got to get Trump. We got to get Trump." And they didn't know what else to do besides go all in on the anti-Trump thing. And he literally broke them,
0: Joe. He, he broke did. them. Yeah, no, I agree. That's a yeah. great point. Another point, you know, and what, in my opinion too, is you have these now news affiliates. They're bought now by all of these big-time companies, uh, yeah, like Universal Studios or AT and T, and now. They have their agenda, like say AT and T, right? Who I believe has is the affiliate from CNN, right? Or mm-hmm. they, they sold off whatever, but they have their, yeah, you know, headquarters over in Beijing, yeah. they in China. How is it with you when you see all of these, poli- you know, politicians? In bed with say the enemy like China. What how does that make you feel especially you being now trying to get into Congress?
1: I just so you know when I ran what surprised me was was that a narrative that is proliferated on television down to the people and It's even in Fox News these days who say these things so for the Ukraine thing It's a perfect example because the Ukraine thing all started kind of in the middle of my campaign right And this thing came out of nowhere, right? COVID was done. They decided to, again, come on, people, wake up. They closed the book on COVID and all of a sudden opened the book on Ukraine like a nice little story, right? One closes, one opens. Okay. So all of a sudden, this Ukraine thing starts to happen, right? Ukraine, Ukraine. Uh, and everyone's like, oh, my God, this is so bad. We need to feel bad for Ukraine. And I said. The I most corrupt
0: and, country and, and, and in I said, the entire world. I said, wait
1: a minute, guys. And these are Republicans, right? Because Republicans would pull me aside and say, Mike, come on. You can't be talking like that about Ukraine. Come on. No one likes Russia. We got veterans in this district. I said, stop it. I said, stop it. I said, it. I said Ukraine, look back to what was going on when Trump was the president. Look at the corruption. Look at Hunter Biden and Burisma. Look at Joe Biden talking about firing the prosecutor, right? Look at all these things that were going on. Ukraine has a history of being one of the most corrupt, crooked institutions in the world. And look at the history of Zelensky, what he was doing before. Uh, He was an actor, quite literally, a, a TV actor before he became the president. And, there's State Department footage out there uh, of uh, our footage or like a uh, leaked audio of them talking about who would be in the Ukrainian government like they were gaming it out, like they were drafting a football team. Right. And people say, well, that's you know unfounded. The BBC even reported that. Why didn't the mainstream media ever talk about that? So there's all this corruption in Ukraine. Uh, that ties back to the Democrat Party, ties back to them getting enriched. And all of a sudden, of all the places for conflict to break out in the world, it happens in Ukraine, just timely as COVID is kind of folding down. They try to rally us to feel good about it. And then Republicans go, oh, we're going to blindly send $40 billion. That number is now almost $100 billion. Have no idea where it's going. Not of any accountability for the money. And then Republicans are going to go, Oh, I'm, the, I, I'm all for Ukraine. I'm going to wear the Ukrainian flag pin on the lapel. That was the most disgusting fucking thing I've ever seen. Oh, Kevin McCarthy and all these people are wearing the Ukrainian flag pin. Will you represent America? America first. I you're wearing a flag pin? How about a flag pin for Philadelphia, which is a disaster right now? Baltimore, New York City. New York yeah, City. It's
0: like, it is. like oh. it is. Eric, can you pull up that clip? So I want to just now take you really quick here yeah. because, you know, we've never met before today yeah, yeah, yeah. in person. So, <laughs> And we had that affiliate going yeah. on yeah. At, yeah, yeah. at Right Side Broadcast. Broadcasting, so I go to the gym every morning, right? So it's five o'clock yeah. in the morning, and I my thing five a.m. five a.m. Good so man. I I go there five thirty sometimes. I have my <laughs> girlfriend. I got to drag out of bed too. <laughs> so I'm you know I what I my routine is. I don't listen to music. I oh. listen to podcasts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. while I'm working out. So the first thing I do is I don't listen. I don't watch Tucker at night. Yeah, I watch you know I listen to him. I have the Fox Nation app. I love it. By the way, Tucker's yeah. the best. He's the best. He's the only. He guy. is the Michael Jordan.
1: Of the news, and he's the only one who's truly independent. Because Tucker has become so big that I know this from like friends. Like Roger Stone's a good friend to Tucker, and obviously Roger Stone and I are friendly. Yeah, I want to get into that. Tucker is is the is. I don't think he's really liked by Fox News. No, he's so big. He's like they don't like his what he spins, but they have to deal with it. He broadcasts this out of his house. Do you know that he does not broadcast in the Fox studio? He has a setup where shut the he fuck has, up. I didn't know no, that. No, he doesn't. He doesn't even come in anymore. He's like I'm Tucker Carlson. I'm gonna go be his house uh, in Maine and a house in Florida, and he just broadcasts this out of his house. No, and Fox has to give in to whatever where? he says. Has to. he's so
0: big. He's and the best. Yeah, yeah he's he, the best. He's he a hero. He, he really is. The best. is. So, yeah. so here I am, yeah. right? So, and usually, you know, I don't watch, you're not watching anything when I'm listening at right, the gym. Right, But I have a, you know, a certain routine that after I do one exercise, I go to the treadmill. <laughs> right. So now I put the phone up so now I could actually see what's going on as I'm jogging. Mm-hmm. I, I'm watching now, Tucker. I'm not just listening right, to it. right. And then all of a sudden, out of nowhere... This clip, play this clip, comes on. And I, I fucking loved it. Here we go, play this clip. Mike Crispy is a candidate for Congress in New Jersey. He's running against an incumbent Republican who has long been guy, yeah. Second Amendment rights. We're happy to have him join us tonight. Mike, thanks so much for coming on. Are you surprised that Republican lawmakers who you thought were there to defend your constitutional rights, the second the New York
1: Times tells them to oppose your constitutional rights, they obey? You know, Tucker, the only thing worse than these Democrats like Jerry Nadler are Republicans, people who we donate money to, people who we elect time and time again, they're supposed to protect us. And unfortunately, the man I'm running against, who's been in Congress since Jimmy Carter was the president, Chris Smith, he is voting to arm the Ukraine, but disarm the wonderful citizens of New Jersey who just want to be able to protect themselves, but they can't do it with this type of madness, Tucker.
0: How does that work exactly? So you send billions of dollars of weapons, including a lot of automatic weapons, to untrained civilians in Ukraine. We don't even know where where it's going, and no one is keeping track of it, but you don't trust your own citizens to be armed? No,
1: it's disgraceful, and it's America last. You know, Chris Smith voted to co-sponsor gun control legislation with AOC, Adam Schiff, you know, this is terrible, and he's been getting away with it, except for when President Trump himself called on Congressman Chris Smith to be primaried out of office because of his vote on the Second Amendment, his votes for the January 6th Commission. So people need to wake up and elect real people who are going to put our country first and stop allowing these lifetime bureaucrats to protect themselves when they go to work. But for the people out there in New Jersey where the governor says he wants to, you know, trample all over the Bill of Rights, they can fend for themselves. It's elitism. It's disgraceful. And thank goodness that President Trump himself called this out and called on Congressman Chris Smith to finally be retired after 42 years. You know, I think even if I were a Democrat, I would agree
0: with you because people deserve a choice. You shouldn't have only one option, right? It's 350 million people in the country. You should have at least two real political parties. We only have one, it feels like.
1: Yeah, it is the Uniparty. I mean, you've been talking about this and people are talking about it. It's a Uniparty. And thank goodness that people are running in this cycle. Thank goodness that the America First movement is rising. And we're going to retire this, Rhino. People all over the country are running on this banner to put our country first, finally. And I think we're winning this race because the sentiment, even in a state like New Jersey, where a lot of Republicans are angry, they're coming out for the primaries. And, you know, President Trump gets involved in this race. It's the death blow to somebody who's been in since 1980. And nobody owns a seat in congress we need to elect our representatives and right now people want change because all they want tucker is the country to be put first this country not ukraine and america and the people of new jersey so hopefully we're going to give that to him here and uh, i think we're going
0: to do it wow. in a big way i gotta say 10 out of 10 yeah first time i watched it since it aired because i was 10 like, oh my God. out <laughs> of 10 i sat there i said how the f-? he just nailed it. it was like bam bam Bam, it's a crazy bam.
1: experience when you do Tucker. You uh, well, tell me about yeah, that. Yeah, tell us, so, yeah. so
0: the people that don't know, how does how did that? How did you wind yeah. up
1: on Tucker call? So, obviously, we were running for Congress, and uh, our campaign was totally out of nowhere. You know, we started in in the middle of January at a, at literally out of nothing. Forty two year incumbent. I'm all pissed off. I'm like, I'm going to run for Congress. And then once you're in it, you're like, you're in it, right? So you got to raise money, and you got to do media, and you got to do all this stuff. So kind of was all coming at me really fast, but we put together an amazing campaign. We got over 21,000 votes, which is a lot of votes. Uh, Chris Smith got 30,000. He won in the primary. He won Malin 70-30. Okay. You take away the mail. And that's because he spent over $2 million. We spent $170,000. He had the state New Jersey GOP helping him and spending an undisclosed amount of money to help the mail in program, right? So big thing. So he beat us because he had, you know, millions of dollars more, right? That's a fact. It happened. um, And we didn't have time to do it. Now, with Tucker. Uh, what happened was the the Second Amendment legislation was kind of uh, going crazy. People are going crazy about uh, you know wanting to take away you know all type, types of things, not just assault weapons, but like certain types of uh, you know ammo and certain types of stuff that would render a lot of weapons totally useless. Right now, the guy I was running against. Uh, Chris Smith. This guy is the most anti-second amendment Republican in Congress. How can and you even think, be and a Republican? So, how so can you even be an
0: American? And, and it's
1: it's totally true because it's it's the one thing that keeps us free. And you're either willfully ignorant or you're in on it. That's what I say about the anti-second amendment Republicans. You're either willfully ignorant or you're in on it because you can't look at the the quite literal the tyranny what they do to this country and and not grasp that. The Second Amendment is the only thing that keeps us from being Australia or Canada, yes. where they literally just pummel people who want to protest, like the truck drivers who are protesting the vaccine. They said, "All right, screw them. We're just going to go pummel these people, rip them out of their cars, you know, hold the weapons, and do whatever we and want, and take all the money, yeah, and take their money, and do whatever we want." So, with the Tucker thing, how that happened was. So I had Roger Stone involved in my campaign, uh, who's a good friend of mine. Now he uh, has a history in New Jersey, and that's why I brought him in because he knows a lot of these New Jersey players. Because he was Trump's lobbyist him. in Atlantic City I, uh, I, during I those days. Love him. So he was working uh, for me, and I also had him pushing uh, Trump himself to get involved in the race. And I really wanted his endorsement, but unfortunately, the Kevin McCarthy people were totally against it. So the Kevin McCarthy people are feeding disinformation into Trump's ear while Roger's saying, "You got to endorse my crispy; he can win." Oh no, my. Crispy's down 52 to 8 in the polls. Well, excuse me, I lost the race by 9,000 votes. I got 21,000, he got 30,000. So, you know, it was totally a way closer race than what the people were saying, because McCarthy's people and Chris Smith's people are friendly. Trump called out Smith because he didn't like Smith, he was mad about his infrastructure bill vote, but then McCarthy was doing damage control the whole time, and the day after the primary, literally the weekend after the primary, what happened? Kevin McCarthy... Came to New Jersey and Chris Smith held a fundraiser for him in Lakewood. So and, that, and that, nobody knows that stuff. And like, and so, so that's all like, behind that that. And stuff. That's, that just goes to show you the corruption. It was like you're going to help me, you're going to bail me out. You're going to have all your people, um, you know, go to Trump and say, "Oh no, Mike Crispy's down," and show him things. Think about it. Trump's got 400 races to look at at any given time. He doesn't know who the hell Mike Crispy is. You know, so when McCarthy's people are disinfrom pushing disinfo so hard. It, it, it's crazy. So anyway Roger put me, got me on Tucker because Roger's friendly with Tucker and said, you got to have this guy on. he's got a great message and uh, you know they're friends and then he put me on and then it was all it was all it all came about in like 24 hours. whoop, you're gonna be on Tucker tomorrow. You go to the city, you sit in a box for two minutes. Tucker's not even there. You're watching the show as if it's live and then all of a sudden you come up on the screen and you just talk. It's crazy. Oh, it's crazy. Yeah. I, I absolutely
0: yeah. loved it. but now my my question for you is 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 this right? You have Roger Stone. First of all, how did you get? First of all, how did you get affiliated with Roger Stone? Who I like, I yeah, what I think happened to him was a disgrace. When you look so at bad. what America really stands for and what actually took place, because yeah. that guy you could just tell loves America, loved Donald Trump from the get go, trying to get Donald Trump to run p- for president. But here he is. How do you get into Roger Stone's atmosphere? Well, what
1: it was actually was uh, with Right Side when I was doing reporting. So like, they would sometimes like I would do the show. Uh, but sometimes they would send me, like you know, on to do the rallies and to do events. So I was covering a Trump boat parade. So random. Oh, I remember that one. And, uh, you did great. You on so the I boat? Went, yeah, I yeah, went yeah. to the boat parade. I was on the boat. Oh yeah. And Roger you and the girl. What's the girl's and, name again? Uh, and Grace. Yeah, uh, she Grace was Aldana. absolutely yeah, fantastic. Yeah, yeah. So I'm down there, and Roger was like, was like, you know, walking by or something before we got in the boat, and I was doing a stand-up segment, and he was like, oh, this guy's really good uh you know, like said it to somebody so then after i got done with the you know news thing i started talking to him and then uh got his number we've been friends ever since and you know he's a guy who uh you know obviously i think was the what they did with him with the fbi that was like the tip of the spear of what we now see right they're going after everybody They go after Paul Manafort. They go after Steve Bannon. They obviously literally went after Trump himself. Everybody who's associated with Trump, they do all these things in quiet. The Roger thing was very public, and it was public because Roger's is a very public, outspoken guy. They made a public example out of him. So there's a guy who was totally loyal to Trump. Uh, You know, he's been around since, you know, the 70s doing this stuff. And uh, it was great to be, you know, to kind of meet him by chance and then just kind of keep in touch. Uh, Had him on my right side show a couple times. And then when I told him what I wanted
0: to do, he's like, Got to jump in, got to jump in and do it. So yeah. uh, we've been friends ever since. Yeah, yeah no, I, I absolutely love that story. But when I heard that message that you did for Tucker Carlson, I said, That's the, that guy right there, Mike Crispy, is the message is so on point. And I, I was dumbfounded when I didn't see Trump because you had Roger Stone, yeah. which is the connection to Donald yeah. Trump. And I said, how can anyone, A, not vote for you? Because, I mean, think about what you're saying there. America first. Yeah. There's nothing else to say. Yeah. It's such a great thing. And then the fact that you're telling me that Kevin McCarthy and all this corruption, I you know, I, I have some of my friends that we talk to when we're talking politics, and one of the things that I say, they'll say, China's corrupt, Russia's corrupt, Iraq or Iran yeah. corrupt. And I sit there and say, you know who's the most corrupt country in the world? It's the United States. It's crazy, right? And that's it. But people can't even swallow that. They, they, can't. Can't, they can't. Oh, you don't that love kill. America. You don't you're love a America. Communist. That's what they say. Yeah, you're a communist. But, no, I want to clean this that, up. That's the most
1: patriotic thing you can say. Yeah, is that our institutions that were built on all these great foundational, you know, means and purposes have all been co opted by people who want to see the country in decline. And every country in the history of the world has experienced, you know, this like struggle—the Roman Empire, right? All these things, and and bad actors infiltrate and try to break. It down and there's evidence abound of what the people in you know other countries around the world right Klaus Schwab uh, Soros etc. They say, "Oh, you're a conspiracy theorist if you say that." It's not conspiracy theory. They say, "Oh, if you if you're against Soros, you're anti-Semitic." I'm not anti-Semitic. I'm anti uh, uh, foreign oligarchs pouring millions and millions of dollars into district attorney races uh, to radicals who are pushing these agendas. And unfortunately, Joe, a big problem that we have, and like the thing with my race against Smith, when you're outspent, you know, two million dollars to one hundred and seventy thousand dollars. It's unfortunate that everybody isn't just a little bit more engaged in the process, you know, just a reality. People don't realize how good they have it in this country voting and all that. It's like, just look a little bit harder. Not just the guy who's sending you all the mail or the guy who you see on TV every day, but just do a little research, right? Because you could weigh like who's legit and who's like not a real candidate. But, but I think, unfortunately, dollars transitions to votes, and that's why you know we saw the Supreme Court ruling with Citizens United, where they kind of uncapped everything, and now people are spending $100 million in Senate races, right? I just don't think it's the way it's the country, the way it's supposed to be. And so I'm not complaining about, like, oh, fundraising is hard, because it is. But what I am saying is that money has turned into buying elections. It happens at all levels. There's people in county races in New Jersey spending $200,000 to get a county...
0: Elected seat that pays twenty thousand. But right? you also it's have crazy. all these. Yeah. You also have these big corporations, and oh, that's why I said yeah, when we were starting yeah. that you can't. This Democratic Party is a force. You know they're playing chess at all times, and they're dirty as well. Right, you have these corporations like Google. How do you beat a corporation like Alphabet? How do you beat a corporation like, say, Apple that is so behind yeah. these type of you know politicians? Now, I, I want to. There's a couple of things. I just want your opinion on things. I, you know, I want to just see where your mind's at. Yes. Okay, so I'm just gonna we'll talk a couple of topics. I'm gonna throw out to you the border. Talk to me about the border. How did it get to the point, and why are they doing it? Well, they're they're doing
1: it because, and again, when you say so, this is the. Total Democrat response: uh, Oh, it's it's racism if you speak out against it. Uh, oh, if you're against what we're doing at the border, well then you you're not you know you don't you're not a humanitarian, right? They always pull on these emotional appeals. They do that with global warming too. It's always an emotional appeal. Now the border, uh, they're quite literally trying to import votes. It's not a secret, right? And was, so you're racist. You're a white nationalist. No, no, no. You're you're taking people who have no business to be here. They're systematically coming into the country, right? People don't just systematically come into the country. People are aiding and abetting them coming into the country. Border Patrol, and I know uh, a couple of them. I know Border Patrol agents. They are totally hamstrung. They can't act because they're told they you know got to stand down or they can't fire their. You weapon. want your jobs?
0: So, then you gotta do what you tell you. I, so they they
1: literally are putting people in this country because they want to relocate them to big cities
0: in swing states so they can buy votes. It, that's it. I mean, it's not a conspiracy. Yeah, but here's it's the thing. Happening. But here's yeah. the thing. You're right. But but they're also allowing these people to come in here and having such an open border and killing our children with the fentanyl, oh, that's with terrible. the drugs, with the guns. But they don't care. That's. But that's cr- yeah. what I'm asking. Yeah. Like how you're in it. You see more of it. You are. You have your tentacles more into the mainstream of, of yeah. politics than I do. Why though? If you really care about Americans. Why would you allow fentanyl to come in like this? I,
1: I don't – this is a big – a tough pill for a lot to swallow. I think that a lot of people on both sides I, – I, not to say they don't care – But I think that they are so jaded because they've been in Washington for so long that they don't see human beings as human beings. They see us as widgets, right? They see us as voting blocks, okay? And they say, oh, well, you know, the big cities, you know, fentanyl and all this. It'll make them worse off. It'll make them more vulnerable. We'll, We'll psychologically manipulate them and blame Republicans, which is what they do during election time. We'll say that the Republicans are out to get them. That's why they're impoverished. That's why things are so bad. And then they'll still vote for us. So, like, that's the inner cities. The fentanyl affects the inner cities worse than anything. Thing, right, but people still vote for Democrats in these inner cities. So I think it's a I think it's a big game of manipulation. I think they want to buy votes at all costs. It's what they did with the student loan program. I know we're jumping around, but that was literally a vote buying operation in the suburbs. So the border thing, again, the the Trump policies total common sense. If you're if you're coming into the country. If you're coming into the country, you're an invader and you should be handled as such. I, I don't understand. Every other country, you're trying to come into the border, you're going to get shot and killed. But not in America. It's inhumane in America. Why is America the only country where you can't shoot the kill when people are trying to quite literally invade the country?
0: Every other country in the world is acceptable. But in America, it's, it's inhumane. No, and you'll get a free cell phone, free health care, you'll go to school for free, You'll get everything. It it's really yeah. is. And you don't is, have to be vaccinated. Yeah, you <laughs> yeah, don't have to yeah. be vaccinated. The, 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 yeah. You know, another thing that I wanted to ask you about is the military, the yeah. United States military and what they're doing to it with the whole, you know, LGBTQ, the CRTs in the military. You're running for Congress, right? Let's just say you get all the way up to the ladder that you are able to become president of the United States. What would you... You know that would be your ultimate goal. I listen. There's no secret here, Mike. Chris. I don't want to be president. That, you would be if you got to that point. I could just see how you are. I see your passion. I see how you how you do things. If you if if you would have won in New Jersey, and then the next thing you know, maybe run for senator. You wouldn't you wouldn't tell me only that. if you would be the press secretary, Joe. I, I would do it <laughs> in a heartbeat because I love the passion yeah, that you have yeah. for this country, and that's why I can't I can't believe that a that you lost. I can't believe the story you told me about Kevin McCarthy. Your message is so on point that it's just it's mind boggling to me. That people that are living in America wouldn't say that's the fucking guy. That's the guy. Money,
1: yeah, couldn't couldn't reach as many people in a short period of time, and the Trump thing would have blown it open. But powers that be would rather somebody who sits there for forty two years does what he's told in total anonymity. He doesn't have a Twitter account, doesn't have Facebook, doesn't never held the town hall since since nineteen eighty, right? They would rather an anonymous voter doing what they want. And then he, when he looks at his body of work, he goes, well, I'm doing humanitarian work. I st-. He goes like this. This is, a, this is a classic rhino line. I am stopping human trafficking. I am the most anti-human trafficking Republican. Really. That's great. You're signing these bills for human trafficking. But you're the guy who's supporting amnesty and an open borders, a Republican, because he's voting with the Democrats on all these amnesty bills, right? A lot of Republicans do, including Chris Smith, all these rhinos, amnesty bills, bills to give uh, illegal immigrants permanent status if they've been here for three years, right? That's a bill that he and many other Republicans co-sponsored. Now, what does that do, Joe? It, okay, it sounds nice, but what that does is it invites the human. It invites the human smuggling. It invites the trafficking and the sexual exploitation of young girls trying to come into the country. Which I can't believe the, that it you would allow. That to it even empowers keep the coyotes, right? Oh, it's so, it, it's so So, so I say this: that's the most pro-human trafficking thing you can do. Is if you have any policy southern border that is not close it down, shut it down. If you try to come in, you're done. Why can't we do that? But when you say, oh, amnesty, and this and that, when you start to get wishy-washy, you're inviting these cartels and these evildoers to exploit the system, and that always exploits the most vulnerable, and that's young children and women. January 6th. Was it an inside job? Uh, I mean, totally. I mean, you know, you want to know what it's called. You look at history, study history, uh, and there's been instances of this all around the world, uh, a false flag operation, right? Trump has alluded to it. I think it's totally true. Ray apps, we don't know where he is, right? Uh, you have that guy, John Sullivan, who stop, was in there. Stop right um, there with the Ray yeah, Epps. Yeah.
0: I mean, <laughs> what, how can but there's we, so many of these examples. How can we have a news media, right, that should supposedly has integrity, right? You're a newscaster. Yeah. You know that there's a guy that was on film saying, go in, we got to raid the Capitol, we got to go in there, we got to do all of this stuff, right? Yeah and that guy's not arrested you're working if you're a journalist for the New York Times the Washington Post whatever it may be I don't care if it's the Long Island free press right wouldn't you want to do a little digging and say, why wasn't he arrested when all of these other people, you have moms that are 60 something, 70 years They're sitting in
1: jail right now.
0: You said America's the
1: worst country. What, what, What kind of country is this? We have political prisoners sitting in jail cells in Washington with no due process. That's exactly what's happening right now. No one wants to talk about it. Republicans, except for a select few,
0: don't want to even touch the topic. They don't even want to answer. Why? About the topic. Why? Either? Why would a Republican not want to talk about that if they are the ones? That, you know, they get they get it, no benefit from it.
1: You know, they get no. Be- they know that they can get the money needed from their corporate special interest to buy the votes necessary to stay in, and they don't need to do things like revisit what happened on January 6, which was a false flag operation, which was designed to essentially and again, all the people there weren't actors, but they got real people. You got a couple of people who were sent in there, like Ray Epps. Like John Sullivan, right, who whose trial keeps getting delayed and there's that video of him saying, We did it with the girl. Oh yeah. Uh, the Antifa guy. Well, yeah. So so you yeah, have people like that who are not facing any consequence. They're free right now. And the pipe bomber. Okay, the guy who left those pipe bombs. You're telling me the FBI could figure out all these things and find and come to your house and say, Oh, you know, Joe or anybody, you were there on the lawn in January sixth. We identified you as someone there out of the crowd of a million people, but they can't find a pipe bomber? I know right? Think about that, right? So it, it just goes to show you that I believe, in summary of January sixth, that January sixth was a trap and I believe that unfortunately they, they got Trump on it, where they said, We're gonna do this. Call it an insurrection, and then the all the 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 accountability that was being demanded of the politicians for voter fraud and voter integrity—that's going to get wiped away because these politicians were like, "We got to do something about it," because the public was bearing down on them. You got a whole election integrity, right? The stop the steal rallies, all these things that were going on. Um, the politicians did not want to talk about it, right? They totally—they had to address it because it was so fervent, but they had to punt. Uh, sorry, they they wanted to punt. So, what better? thing to get them to never have to talk about it again? Well, there was an insurrection. We need to lower the temperature. This is getting out of hand. So as soon as January 6th happened, election fraud and all that stuff was stopped. Never talked about it in the halls of Congress. And everything was, January 6th, insurrection, this is terrible, blah, 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 blah. And then the media... Now, still talks about January 6th years later. So it was the perfect thing at the end of Trump's presidency to divert all the attention on his rightful concerns. So that's the most sinister thing about it. Um, and that's totally what I believe happened. And I know that good Republicans believe that too. When you say good Republicans, who would you give me some names that you think? Matt Gates, Matt Gates, Marjorie, Marjorie Taylor. Taylor Greene, Lauren Boebert, uh, Louis Gohmert, who went to the jail. You know, um, just so many people like that who were like just the good ones, right? The good ones who you you know they're there. um, And why is it always, why do you always feel like they're the ones yelling? Because they're the only ones who are are bold enough to go into the public and state their opinions on the record. There's there's hundreds of them, right? You don't hear from all of them.
0: Yeah, no, but the fact that you only could name, and I'm not saying only you could name, because that's the only names that are really out there. To name those Republicans that actually love America, like you just said, and yeah. there's so many other Republicans that you can't name because they just don't do what they're doing. Is it really? It's it really is an indictment to what's happening here in America. I want to go back to what I was asking you though about the military. Yeah, yeah. yeah. In my opinion: if you don't have a strong military, then you don't have a you don't have a country. Totally right. Right. Yeah. And what you see is happening to our military, do you have any concern about how, you know, they're focusing on CRT? They're focusing on, say, LGBTQ. And then you look and you see the videos, say, for China and what they're doing and how they're building up their military. Do you have any concern about what's happening here?
1: So it's very scary. Um, You know, you got Lloyd Austin there and these people getting up there and talking about, you know, white White rage and you know white uh, you know all the issues with white people. Uh, they get up there and they say that on that's the How problem. Does that make you feel as a white? I American. just uh, I just think it's I just think it's it's just it's just a it's just classic divide and conquer strategy. You know, it's, a, it's the white people, a white nationalism in the military ranks. That's what they say. White national. That's that was a word uttered. That was a direct word uttered by I think it was Lloyd Austin or somebody else. No, who it was, was up there there testifying.
0: It was the general. What's the guy? Millie. Called? Millie, Millie, Millie,
1: Millie, yeah. Millie. Yeah. Oh, white. They say white rage in our military ranks. We need to purge that. Big problem. I, I think there's there's the only racism is the ones that it that's invented on television, right? There really there is no I don't think there's systemic racism it's in the country. There's no systemic racism in the military. It's all baloney. But I think they're trying to weaken uh, the military from the inside out. I think that the CRT stuff, what they're pushing, I think the things where they're, they're enlisting uh, you know, pregnant women to fly helicopters, right? They're doing all these things that are so terrible. Climate change is the number one existential threat. I think this is a bought and paid for Pentagon. I've talked about that before on my show where the Pentagon uh, are really a lot of the people there under the control of the special interests, right? Trump talks about them, the TV generals, he calls them. And they are implementing policy that is weakening our national defense. And weakening our national defense, you say, people, young kids, I don't want to join the military. That's why recruitment's at an all-time low right now, because you have all these rules of engagement and stuff like this. You know what happened in Afghanistan, which was a disgrace. Why would anybody want to join the military, right? So what was looked at as a noble, great thing, you know, serving the country. And I think it's incredible. Strongest military in the world. No one's going to mess with us, period, point blank. That's what it was like under Trump now it's totally dilapidated and when they put the mandates in place for the vaccines and all that what what happened you have people who had to decide you have people who just quit so they're purging the ranks of of dissidents it's so so I think it's it's very fundamentally I think it's very dangerous and I think Joe it's somewhat. Very much so, actually, intentional.
0: Yeah, but that's what I want to get into here, because you said it before, too. You said either you love the country, or if you don't see the message of America first, then you're in on it, right? And that's something that you're just alluding to right here, right? You're saying that it's intentional. Someone is feeding the Pentagon into doing to this. But what's the end game? Why, if you're an American, if you are in control of the powers that be, why would you want to see America weaken? Why? Why would you do that? What's What's the purpose of that?
1: I think it's for your own enrichment, you know. Period. Uh, I think it's for your own enrichment. Again, and people could always say, "Well, Mike, you're just a crazy conspiracy theorist." I'll say this: Listen, they shut down the country, and one third of small businesses in this country don't exist anymore. Why? Why, why? don't these people love America who are running the country? Doesn't Fauci and Bricks and all these people don't they love the country? Why would they do that? Is it, are they that stupid? Or are they that incompetent? I don't think so. Because you don't rise and become uh, a position of authority like that by being stupid. These Pentagon people aren't stupid, but what they are are, they are on the payroll of these defense contractors who are making all this money, and the defense contractors are linked to the woke politicians, and it's called the Lloyd and, and it's called the military industrial complex. And Trump, when he's and again they say, oh, it's a conspiracy theory. When Trump now speaks about it, gets people to hear the buzzword, and then they look it up, and the media can't keep up with people. Finding the truth. So that's why another reason they hate Trump. Why does Cheney hate Trump so much? Uh, Dick Cheney and his daughter, uh, rotten to the core people, as rotten as they come. Dick Cheney is the number one guy who makes all this money off of defense contracting, right? Trump has always said, I want to, I, we shouldn't be in these foreign affairs, not our wars to fight, peace. Through strength. We don't need to become embroiled in these conflicts. What happens when that happens, Joe? We don't send money overseas, foreign aid, aka money laundering. You don't. We don't spend billions of dollars on weaponry and tanks and all these things for our soldiers because they don't have to go, okay? Who does that weaken? The defense contractors, the military industrial complex, people like Dick Cheney. So, of course. They're mad at Trump. He's cutting off their number one source of income. It's so bad. It's and so And these corrupt.
0: people are then funneling it back into the political donations. Absolutely. Right? Like, and yeah. that's how it is. And, and that's why and, they don't and, want to rub
1: any. And in. it's been a slow – I think it's a slow – decline. I think it's like anything. Like the sensationalism of doing these things, I think it just kind of creeps. Like first, like, well, I'll, I'll bend the – you know, I'll do what's not in the best interest of America a little bit because it'll make me some money. And then as time goes on and on and on, I think people become numb to selling out. And I think that's the only logical explanation for it. And I think if people still believe that everybody in the government is looking out for the people and they love America, it's come on. Like the, what they did in 2020 with, with all the stuff that happened with the lockdowns, That's if that's not proof enough, like blatant, in-your-face proof, then I don't know what is. Because this military stuff, it's like a little more nuanced. You kind of got to look it up and like kind of research what's going on. But, the, but the, the lockdown stuff that affected
0: everybody in their everyday life – just right in your face. It's right in your face. Yeah. So, so let me ask you this then, right? You had the other day. You have Mark Zuckerberg. He's on Joe Rogan's podcast, right? Yeah. And all of a sudden, a bombshell, you know, statement comes out that the FBI called Facebook and said, "Hey, listen, this Hunter Biden laptop is disinformation." Yeah. Talk to me about your thoughts on the Hunter Biden laptop, the FBI, and what it's transcending into now into America, where we are in present day. Well.
1: I, and it's it's everyone always says this and it's rhetorical but it's true could you imagine the frenzy, obviously, if a Trump kid obviously had that laptop, right? For starters, everyone knows. That, that point has always been made by Republicans. But if you go deeper, obviously the evidence on the laptop is is a hundredfold of anything they ever had on Trump, right? The fake dossier, all these things. There is direct evidence in that laptop of serious crimes, not just Hunter Biden being a, a total degenerate, okay? But serious crimes in the country, okay? Where the big man is implicated. And they called it Russian propaganda. And when they call something like that Russian propaganda it cheapens and weakens their argument for everything else being Russian propaganda because that's obvious. The Russians are not doctoring sex tapes of Hunter Biden. Yeah, okay? that's real. So you—they're not you, making the so deal at Paris. Yeah, so so when you call that Russian disinformation, it's like come on, dude, that's Russian disinformation. It's like it's obvious. We're all looking at it. That therefore we know that everything else you call Russian disinformation could likely be a cover up for something that's real. So it cheapens it. And Russia's always been the scapegoat of the Democrat party looking back to Hillary Clinton and the stuff. They always like to just throw the blame at Russia. And again, Rand Paul said this, it's a great quote. He goes a lot of these foreign conflicts, neither side are good. It's a gray area. No side's good, no side's bad. There there nobody's really great. Okay? This is it's a complex nuanced world. But they love to paint it because the Democrats love to manipulate people with, you know, heartstrings emotionally. Good versus evil. Bad versus good, so they had to. Do, that's what they do, and they use Russia as the as the evil foil again. I don't think Russia's a great country, and Ukraine's not a great country. Nobody's a great country. Okay, America's is you know obviously dealing with its own levels of corruption. So, I think the Democrat points with Hunter Biden. Uh, I think it just goes to show that the institutions were all working on behalf of Joe Biden. And if you saw Ashley Biden's diary, did you see Ashley Biden's diary? Yeah. What happened with Ashley Biden's diary? Who, what did the FBI do about it? They went after the people that leaked it, yeah. journalists. Ver- so what, why didn't they go after? Why didn't they go after? Uh, I don't know the president of the United States, who's clearly a child molester. Period. Point can, point. can you literally believe? Literally it? written in the. Di- oh, I do believe
0: it. Can you? But, but can you believe that the news article, the news corporation, they won't even cover it? They won't. It's like taboo to them. So
1: that's the thing. Like if the news only care, if the news only cared, I heard this great quote: "If the news only cared about ratings, because they say ratings, ratings." So obviously the ratings are in the toilet, but they don't cover the things that would get the most ratings. What would get the most ratings? Epstein, okay, Hunter Biden, this whole Joe Biden, Biden right? yeah. being corrupt. You don't
0: yeah, think people, people might be glued yeah. if all of a sudden the FBI hey. comes out and says, "Hey, we're going to do an investigation on the president of the United so, States." So clearly they're not in it for ratings, okay? Because that would
1: be front and center. Epstein would be front and That's center. Good point but by neither, you. but neither are, but neither are. Yeah. So why? Because they. It's like a. It's like a. It's like a game. Like they're making money from you know sponsorships by you know Pfizer it's almost like a tax write off yeah yeah like yeah.
0: We'll, we don't care about the ratings here just as long
1: as the message is clear and other people will pump up our pockets in, other ways. in so, other ways so that so the so the Hunter Biden thing is disgraceful not just because Hunter Biden is a total degenerate and they would be using that against Trump and saying the president's son is compromised that's what they'd be saying but it's even worse because Hunter Biden clearly documents in texts and emails that his father was in on the take okay and that is the worst thing of all. That is treason. We have a person sitting in the White House. I don't know if he's sitting or laying down all day. And he is sold out. American interest to foreign countries and been directly paid for it, and there's evidence on the laptop, if that's not, that, the people can't even comprehend the, the that, that is so,
0: that is the most un-American thing ever. And you have Tony Bobolinsky who's involved in all of the emails, saying these emails are certified. I didn't write this email, someone wrote it to me, and it was on Tucker Carlson right before the election of 2020, and verified every single email, and yet, they stayed there. They didn't do anything. The FBI did absolutely nothing. But then again, we had a Republican as the Attorney General. Why didn't he do anything? Ah, <laughs> Bill Barr. Yeah, yeah. I, but yeah. why? Like, you know, what I mean, that was he was handpicked by Donald Trump, and he did absolutely nothing. Why?
1: You know, something I think is interesting about uh, you know looking at Trump's presidency, and a lot of people love to throw this line out there, and they say Trump was really bad at hiring people. Okay, somewhat true. Uh, like a lot of his appointments were bad and the people that were around him, but think about him as the president, one person, and just an, and a whole institution around you that had their knives out for you, you know? Remember the leaks? Like everything was getting leaked, right? Those are people in the Trump White House. Ukraine phone Uh, call. So all these things are getting leaked. All these people are being told, oh, you could trust this guy, trust this guy. It's kind of overwhelming and and bewildering for one guy, right? So you got one guy and a couple of people around him who have the right interests. But then you have hundreds of people and thousands of people in the government that are kind of feeding disinfo and pushing their agenda. So Bill Barr slipped through. He got in. Uh, and he was good on some things, but then in the end, he's part of the permanent establishment class. What do you work for George H. W. Bush? Yeah, right. So it's like he's part of that permanent establishment class. So it's tough for a guy like Trump. He's one guy, and you have a whole institution. So a lot of the people now who are talking about Trump running again in 2024, I met a guy I don't, I don't remember, and I and I should, who's uh, working on a group, and I know some other people are doing this because Bannon talks about it and others, where you're lining up the old artillery. You're lining up all the people that are going to be appointed to the positions when Trump wins again in 2024. He didn't have that in 2016 because it was like such a crazy thing that he won. So that's why they fear him so so more intense than they ever have right now. That's why they're doing unprecedented things like going into his house because they know if he gets in, he's going to be way more effective because he will gut The Washington permanent bureaucracy. And there's been articles about that. Like, this is so dangerous. Trump's sinister plan if he regains the White House. Painting it is a bad thing. I think most really everyday working people on Long Island and everywhere goes, fuck them. They're making $100,000 sitting there pushing papers around in there. Selling out Trump. Fire them all. We don't need 80% of these government workers, right? It's all bloat. So Trump wants to get rid of them. Put in new people. That those plans are already in the works by you know some of his inner circle, the good ones, and uh, that needs to happen if he wins. That will be how we save the country. He wins and and guts the bureaucracy puts America first people in there. It's the only way we're going to save the country.
0: Who do you want him, if he's running in 2024, which he will, who do you want on the ticket with him? He, well, I'll
1: I'll say this for the record definitively. He will not run with Ron DeSantis. It's just not going to happen. I think that's yeah. a, a misstep. Well, I, but and just, I'll tell you what It's just not. It's so, so I'll preface it by saying, he's not going to run with Ron DeSantis because I don't think Ron DeSantis wants to be a vice president. One. Two, uh, the Constitution states that, and, and Roger said this, the Constitution states that if you are from the same state. Now, people say, well, you can't run together if you're from the same state. You can run together. But the way the Constitution is written, you cannot get the electoral votes from the state if the president and the vice president are from the same state. So that would mean that they would have to go to court over the electoral votes in Florida. Obviously, you need Florida to win the election. So that whole thing was, Trump gonna change his residency to New Jersey? And then they're gonna challenge the residency? So on that alone, I don't think it's gonna happen because if it goes to court, what is Trump's gonna be running for uh, president and then fighting in court with Ron DeSantis that he can get the electoral votes in Florida. How's that going to work out? So I don't think it's going to be DeSantis. I think that he wants to be president. I think he should wait. Um, I think he very well might run. I think it's 50-50 if he's actually going to run and pull the trigger. I don't know. But I don't think that he has interest in being Trump's vice president. I think he has interest in being part of the party and building it up. Um, I think at the end he will not run. Um, You don't think he's going to run against Trump? There was a time where I thought he would, and now I don't think he will. Because I think this whole uh, FBI thing is is actually empowered Trump. I think it's kind of rallied support around him. Um, but there was a time where I thought, oh, DeSantis might might do this, uh, but now I don't think he's going to do it. But he still could. I mean, we got a lot of time. A month in politics is an eternity. A year in politics is a millennium. So there's a lot that could that could happen. But from being, you know, up close and personal and covering these people. I DeSantis is not going to do it. I just
0: so, so who yeah. so who's your guy or gal? Who do you want? Who would you think that could help Trump fix what's going on? I, I to be honest, I. I don't know who the right person is. Are you is right a Mike now. Pence guy or are you Sauer? <laughs> no, You're not sour. A Mike
1: Pence guy. Sour. Mike Pence is no good. Nikki Haley is no good. Nikki Haley is no good. Tim Scott is no good. I can tell you who's not good. Elise Stefanik. Do not nominate Elise Stefanik as the vice president. She's fine. You know, She's doing her thing. and She's kind of a rhino sometimes, kind of good other times. and She's effective. But don't nominate her as vice president. Uh, I'm going to give you some we, names. Yeah. Rand Paul. Amazing. There you go. A- amazing. Do I, I think do, he'll yeah. do it? I don't know if he'll do it. Rand Paul is one of the only politicians that I trust. Uh, Especially because of what he did with Fauci. Yeah, yeah, he's he's the the best. He's one of the only legit... The only guy. The only guy that would do it. He's one of the only legit people. His father was legit. He's legit. There you go, Rand Paul. Ted Cruz? Eh, maybe. Maybe not. Uh, Ted Cruz, sometimes... I like Ted Cruz. Sometimes he says things that are a little head-scratching. Like when he said, oh, January 6th was terrible. And and he didn't. He could have jumped to the defense. He didn't do it. Ted Cruz would be Okay. Um, but I think that Rand Paul is more for the people than Ted Cruz is. I like
0: Ted Cruz, but I think Rand Paul is more pure, if you will. If you would say that. Yeah. So I, w- I want to ask you a question about another topic, just to see where your head's at with yeah. it. Black Lives Matter. What is the whole thing about that? Because it was here, <laughs> and now it's gone. And it makes you sit there and scratch your head and say, hey, well, how, how did that... How did we get, as a country, so bamboozled, really George Floyd changed the dynamic of this country and what took place there. What was your whole hypothesis of that?
1: Uh, BLM, so all the things that you saw happen there, uh, we have all these people gathering and burning down cities and marching (laughs) in unison. If anybody thinks that was organic, they're out of their mind, okay? That was organized. People don't just come together like that without systematic organization and money, okay? It's hard to get—think about it. You're trying to get together with friends on the weekend. It's hard enough to gather a group of 15 people, okay, in all the same spots, same time. You titles. couldn't go to church. Yeah, you can't,
0: couldn't go to yeah. church at the
1: time. And so Yeah, you couldn't do anything because all the COVID stuff. So who was orchestrating that? And the answer is there were people orchestrating it that had a lot of money that were linked to Soros. It's documented. It's known. They had pallets of bricks in the cities. Throw these through the window. Get the people together. So they were – a lot of the people that were arrested were the same repeat offenders who do it in all the other cities, right? They're the the repeat people. So I think you had a mix of people who were going to protest, right, the – you can call them good protesters, and then you have the uh, the infiltrators, the actors, that go in there, rile up the crowd, and then get people to partake in the looting and the rioting and the this and that. Again, this is what happened on January 6th. You had people there protesting. Okay, who didn't? Who were kind of trapped, you know, because you had the infiltrators, you know, breaking in, doing this, doing that, and then people just kind of follow. That's just the herd of mentality. So I think with BLM, you had people out there, you know, again, you had like the the white liberals and these people. Again, BLM is is a total farce and it's designed to divide us uh, and destabilize our social society. Um, but you have people out there who will call them good intention. They just don't know any better, right? They're, they they feel like they're doing the right thing. They're going, and they're not particularly Antifa or evil. But then they see people breaking stuff and running in and burning things. And then
0: they don't stop it, and they partake in How cases. is that American, though? How do you let a group of individuals, I don't care what their race is, what their yeah. colors. How do you let a group of individuals ruin America like that and destruct beautiful Isn't cities? is amazing? Yeah. I, I, I Isn't can't... it
1: amazing that there was more damage done in those cities, tenfold, 20-fold, 30-fold deaths as well, than what happened at the Capitol? But and we mean, only talk about one thing, and all those people
0: yeah. still in jail, like you said.
1: <laughs> so, what did the media would rather talk about? That is like, oh my God, you know, the Democrats are burning down major cities, huge story. But all they want to do is talk about January sixth, where the only person who died was Ashley Babbitt. Meanwhile, the uh, the the riots going on all across the country. Uh, they were lighting churches on fire. They were killing people, like uh, a retired uh, police officer, David Dorn. Yeah. Um, so it just goes to show you that uh, the media aids and abets people are paying these actors, the same people who are paying the agitators with BLM are the same ones who are paying off the corporate media, and you, what you have is uh, a, a movement BLM, where people out there the impressionable youth goes, oh this is, you know, this is, it's again, what the Democrats do, tugging at the heartstrings oh my god, it's, it's good versus evil, you know systemic racism, right? Meanwhile, that is what all of these, uh, anybody who in history, who wants to destabilize and destroy Uh, You know, a prosperous country, textbook. You do it from within, right? You attack the institutions. You attack the unity, because it's easier to take over a country when the people, the peasants out
0: there, are fighting each other. The peasants, the way they look at it, those are all of us. Yeah, that's it. A couple more questions before I let you go here. China. Talk to me about what your thoughts are of China. Are they the biggest threat, or is there a bigger threat that we have right now for the United States of America? China's the biggest threat.
1: I mean, China's the biggest threat in the world. Uh, China... Has amassed incredible wealth. Uh, they, they, thanks they, to Clinton. Yeah, they, they. Oh my goodness. They and Hunter Biden, Chinese hedge fund, right? Yeah. So they have amassed incredible amounts of wealth. They have built up an incredible army. They have uh, their economy is booming, right? They rip off all of our
0: American. Uh, you they unleash so they a a they, uh, a virus they uh, <laughs> that cripples their biggest competitor's economy. Right? Yeah. i mean think about and that and they yeah
1: and and there's evidence out there there's videos in china of people at nightclubs during the thick of the american lockdowns right so that goes to show you that uh china is so sinister so evil my take on china is that they unleashed the you know the uh, the wuhan flu uh just as a mechanism to get Trump, who was challenging China like nobody's ever challenged China, to get him gone. Because they knew that if they could unleash this, the economy would hurt, jobs would hurt, everything would be thrown into chaos. The narrative would not be how good of a job Trump is doing and how he's soaring to re-election. Because in January and February of 2020, Trump's approvals were through the roof. He was was cruising. 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 Stock market was through the roof. He was cruising to re-election. So what a coincidence that the most tough on China president in history... At the time that he's up for re-election, the country that he's going after uh, uh, is the origin, through a bat they tell us,
0: for the deadliest plague in world history. It's such bullshit, right? I know. And people believe it. Joe Biden, does he run in 2024? And if he does not, who does? (laughs) Um, I don't think he's going to run in 2024. I think they'll invent some type of
1: thing to make him step aside gracefully right uh i think it's going to be gavin newsom a hundred percent yeah it's going to be gavin or oh, or, or 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 uh the one that i f- the one that i fear uh michelle obama yes convince oh her
0: her. Uh, listen uh, a 100 you tough. said fear yeah and that is i fear true. it I because fear, yeah. she probably could win that's isn't that crazy isn't it absolutely but crazy she, but yeah so tell us a little bit, you know, before yeah. we, you know, I let you go here, how do people reach out to you? What do you have now after yeah. after the congressional race? Yeah, what are you doing yeah. now, and how would people be so, able to reach
1: out to so you? So I am uh, starting my new show. It's called Mike Crispy Unafraid. Uh, it's going to be uh,
0: streaming... All over the place. How long, um, did, it take, how long yeah. did it take you? How long did it take you to come up with the Mike Crispy? Were you in the mirror? You in the shower? <laughs> you driving on the beach? Are you laying out in <laughs> your speedos on Jones Beach? Yeah, look at, that, look look at, that. Yeah, look at that. I had some.
1: Uh, a devil. So, uh, where
0: I come up with the word "unafraid." <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> well, you know, all the shows like have like a, they like all call themselves something. So I'm like, what's the one thing that sounds good that isn't taken? And it's unafraid. That's what I'm saying. Also, uh, all, not taken. Also, my campaign, my all my campaign uh, slogans and literature was bold, "Unafraid America first. So I had been running that as my banner for Congress the whole time from day one. Bold, unafraid, America first. That's what I would have in all the literature and signs and everything. So I said, oh, my Chris be Unafraid, you know, keeps with the base and all that. Yes. And I truly am unafraid, and there needs to be more people who are, who are not fearful say what they mean and mean what they say and are well-researched. So I'm, I'm doing the show. It's going to be uh, daily. Um, I am currently in the midst of putting together some deals with some uh, people that, who are going to distribute the show. I have a great deal with uh, a, a new... Um, thing going on called LFA TV. Uh, LFA is live from America TV. It's powered by Rumble. It's a joint venture with Rumble, where Rumble is, is paying a lot of sponsorship money for these hosts to get together oh, I on it. a channel and be a, a, a Rumble conservative news streaming channel. It's pretty cool, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah Rumble's absolutely. now where everyone's going. They're not turning on cable. They're going to Rumble. So hats off to Rumble for investing in LFA TV. It's a great guy by the name of Jeremy Harrell who kind of put it together. Um, and they're going to form that, and it's going to be Rumble streaming content all on one channel. So we're going to be part of that, and uh, currently talking to some other outlets. There's some great networks out there, um, you know, both podcast and TV
0: uh, alike, where I'm going I'm working on the show right now. I, I have to there. tell you, though, I'm a little disappointed that I didn't hear anything that you would make a comeback into, say, politics. Is oh, that something that you put to bed? No, you know, absolutely. So the door is always open.
1: People are always saying you have to run again at some point because you had a really, really good run. How was yeah. the next day? Be honest, as a human being, I see how you are. Were. <laughs> were you relieved? Well, because it's so, because it's so much work. I mean, it's it's twenty four seven. You're fighting. You're it's a blood sport. Sleeps you're, up. Yeah, you're 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 not eating. Well. Eleven you Sleeping well. You're eating you're like, like shit. So, yeah, right. So unhealthy. So when it was over, I said, you know what? I said we had to, I, obviously you hate losing, but I said we we dented this guy. And guess what? After the election, Joe, what do politicians will say? Oh, you know, we're gonna we're gonna you know we're gonna uh, you know this was a good fight, good campaign. Smith was so rattled that he said, I hope Mike Crispy never runs again. People should never support him. He's the worst kind of candidate. He was so rattled. I rattled that fucking guy to the core so bad that he was saying all this crazy stuff after he won. It was amazing. I was like, this is great. Yeah, this is what you said. This is what you said. And now I've been to events since, and he avoids me like the plague. It's incredible. We're beating up rhino bullies who have never been hit in the mouth before. So... Uh, I'll be back, you know, and we'll see the right timing for that. I got a great team of people in New Jersey. So, you know, it's not the end for me politically. I will make a return when it's right. What's your, um, what's your, we'll so-
0: what's your social media handle so people can follow you?
1: Okay, so people can uh, go to uh, um, on Instagram, Mike Crispy NJ, Twitter, Mike Crispy NJ. Um, on Facebook, Mike Crispy NJ Truth Social, just at Crispy, I got them a good handle on that. Uh, and Getter, you got the good I, one. And Getter is a good one <laughs> my, at Mike Crispy. So I'm all over the place, and uh, and go to my Rumble and subscribe to uh, Mike Crispy Unafraid on Rumble and uh, LFA on Rumble. It's I love LFA. It. Hey, yeah. Mike.
0: Yeah, pleasure meeting you, brother. Yeah, absolutely. Keep going, keep going. That's energy. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> All right, so listen, we're gonna wrap it up here. Yeah. The show is on YouTube, it's on Rumble, streaming on every audio device, Apple Podcast, Spotify, you name it. And with that being said, Mike Crispy, we are out. It was an honor and a pleasure, baby. Thank yes. you for having me. Yeah. Peace out. All right.
1: <laughs> Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. But that wraps it up for another edition of the Joe kozo Show. <laughs>